you got to be obsessed with the, even the reaction that you get from the thing that you're putting out, whatever that thing is. And you have to be so good at that thing. Don't spread stuff out. And you got to learn from uh, mistakes. I never try to give too much advice or if someone's like, what can you, what shortcut can you take? There's no shortcut. The shortcut is that there's no shortcut. There's never, I remember once someone told me once, you're like career, it's longer than you want, but quicker than you think. And, and you want to make it immediately. It doesn't happen. I've done this 16 years. That's not a crazy long time. It feels like forever because I did it every day for 16 years, every single day. In whatever business, you, if you do it enough, three years, will it's like dog years. Like that's why moving to New York was like, I performed every single day. So my 16 years is 20 to 25 anywhere else in the country. Hey everybody, what's up, it's Chase. Welcome to Summer School 2023. What is Summer School? Summer School is a selection of podcasts that I have recorded over the past 10 years. Just a handful of podcasts that I have personally curated, selected, that I want to integrate into the normal flow of the show. We're still having micro shows and guests, but there's a handful of episodes that were especially meaningful, powerful, and this is, is voted on by you, either popularity through downloads, through commentary on social, or they were especially impactful for me for some reason, and I thought that you should hear them. So welcome to Summer School 2023. Today's episode is Nate Bargazzi, the comedian. Now, if you do not know Nate's work, consider today's intro an absolute gift. He is on a rocket ship. Uh, one of the top up-and-coming comics in the game. I don't even know if you can say up-and-coming anymore because he's selling out arenas. Now, I believe after listening to today's show, if you're not familiar with Nate's work, you're going to want to Google him immediately, watch his Netflix specials, of which he has a couple. He's got a couple, uh, I think maybe even one on Amazon Prime. He's absolutely hilarious and clean comedy. That's right. You can watch this comedy with your entire family and is absolutely hysterical. Uh, today's conversation, we go back into his early life, how he found out that he was passionate about comedy and how to manage such an endeavor of trying to become a professional comedian against the odds that, I mean, becoming a professional comedian is probably more narrow than becoming a professional athlete. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many people that want to become a stand-up actually are successful. Uh, we also talk about his early experiences of storytelling, of rejection, of his family. He had a father who was a magician and a clown. So, uh, again, we do cover a lot. The difficulty about you know creating good work, why consistency matters, the benefits of staying uncomfortable. Whatever your endeavor, your pursuit is in this world, today's episode with comedian Nate Bargazzi is going to help. So I'm going to get out of the way. Again, welcome to Summer School 2023 and today's episode with Nate Bargazzi. Today's episode is brought to you by Outside. These are the fine people who bring you titles like Outside Magazine, Ski Magazine, The Yoga Journal, Climbing Magazine, Warren Miller Entertainment, and more. Now here's the deal. When I was coming up as an action sports photographer, Outside Magazine was the place to get your photos published. And it still is today. To me, that's absolutely incredible. Except now, they also have lots of other ways to get your work out there in the world. 
Now, specifically what I want to call your attention to today is that I am a judge for the inaugural Outside Awards, the Outside Photo and Film Awards. This is where you can win a ton of cash. If you are one of six finalists, you win $5,000 cash. And then if you are a People's Choice winner, you win an extra $10,000 plus you get a ton of exposure, which I'll share with you in just a second. But I do need to let you know that I'm judging this thing, right? I'm judging this alongside legends like Jimmy Chin. You probably know he's a legendary climber and photographer. He's also the director of the Oscar-winning documentary Free Solo. I'm also judging with climber Sasha DeJulian, skier Lindsay Dyer, and that legend Olympic gold medal skier Johnny Mosley. Now, in addition to getting your work seen by these judges, and in addition to this cash. Whether you're a photographer or filmmaker, you get a chance to get your stuff seen. The filmmakers, for example, the three top winners get to tour with the Warren Miller film for the entire winter and compete for that people's grand prize. So like right there, that's 100,000 people getting to see your film on the big screen. Now there's also all, all sorts of other perks like you get to appear in Outside Magazine, Ski Magazine. So the exposure to these judges prizes, the visibility as a photographer or a filmmaker is unheard of. Nothing like this existed when I was coming up. And I think this is an amazing fast track for your career as a photographer or a filmmaker. Now, again, the punchline is there is some urgency here. You have to get your entries in by July 31st. That is a hard deadline. And how do you do it? That's a good question. Go to outsideonline.com awards. That's outsideonline.com dot com slash awards. Don't delay. You got to get your stuff in by July 31st. Okay. Now back to today's episode. My guest today is the one and only Nate Bergazzi in the house. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here. Yeah. The um, actor is, is a very loose actor. So <laughs> if, I don't want people to, you know. Explain. Well, because I always think it's like I, you always want to be a comedian. That's all what I wanted to be. And so you do want to go. I mean, you obviously you want to do other stuff, and, uh, but it's all to like push comedian, Got to it. be a stand up comedian. That's the main thing. Got it. So, and if, yeah, should, should I, I, I should like, take that act. back? Should we do a retake? No, 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 <laughs> no it's fine. Because if you act at some point, is it, is it good for your career or is it not good? No, I think it's good. I mean, I, I could be real bad at acting, you know? You don't know. So you haven't actually no, acted yet. Uh, okay. But the goal is to do it. Got it. Get a show. Uh, yeah, to get a show. So we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of shows, yeah, um, we were talking just before we started rolling. You had a show here. We're in Seattle. Yeah. Um, I know really good friends with um, guy Adam who does all the booking for all of the Seattle the STG yeah. Theater Group, and he had me paying attention to your work a long time ago. And also, Julie, who produces the show, um, I'm a huge fan of comedy. She's like directed me to your work a long time ago. Yeah. And I understand that you were going to have one show yep. in Seattle. And then they added a second show. And yeah. that, sold show that, that show sold out. And then they added a third show, yeah. which also sold out. Yeah. So it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And there was a it's lot all of people. Together. Yeah. There was a, it's all going to go down after this. <laughs> Next time in Seattle, it's going to be... It, this is, you, you peaked. Like, not only you tried to do three shows, couldn't do three, and then went to two, <laughs> and you're barely getting one. How does it feel now? I'm like, that's what I feel like it's going to head to. Uh, yeah, it, it gets crazy. It's, uh, we booked, uh, 
you know, like not jumped so far, but it's like you, we had, we're doing a big theater tour in the fall. And then we were starting to kind of like try to do some theaters before uh, my Netflix special came out. And we had this one booked before that. Yeah. And so like it did good where I, it was maybe one show was sold out. Maybe we add, I think we added the second one before the special came out. So it's good when you go to a place and you're already able to like sell tickets like that before like something like Netflix big thing. comes. And then when that, when that came out, it was like, I think that third show was already starting to talk about doing it and then helped push it over. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Amazing show last night. Thank you. Before we get into the details of the show, and I, it's, this is honestly just there's a little confession I have to make for those folks listening and watching. I really just want to ask you about all your jokes, but I know that would obviously yeah. be terrible. So um, I'll find, I'm going to find a way to learn a little bit more backstory without blowing the jokes, and that'll be on me. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, yeah, you can ask, yeah, ask me. All right, all right. Yeah. Um, but more than uh, what's happening right now, I want to go all the way back, way back. Okay. Grew up in Tennessee. Yeah. Give me the earliest, like, what I, I'll, I'll give a little context. So mostly, like, the things that we're supposed to be doing in life happen to us, or we, the things that we're passionate about, usually there's some hint or signal in our past as kids like we love to be on stage or we yeah. loved sports or we love fill in the blank so what did you love how did how did you know that this is a thing that you wanted to do did you what was your journey so talk take me back to the beginning yeah uh, you know I always think like it's uh, I don't know if there was ever any one thing that like I, or I don't think I thought like I was gonna be a stand-up comedian or even a performer or any uh, there was never like just automatically thinking like this is my dream. Like I know there's some comics that like would we I stayed up and watched the Tonight Show or they'd watch all this stuff and be like I wanted to do that. Like I don't I don't ever remember thinking like I want to do that exactly. Uh, I do remember being funny. I remember doing. My dad is a magician and so which is we have to talk about yeah. that a little bit. So I was like, I, I was around and he's funny. He does he does comedy and he is. So I was around him doing funny stuff. So, you know, I think it was all like just soaking in yeah. without me even realizing it. And then I know when I got to high school, I remember, uh, I remember saying I wanted, like I would joke that like if someone was funny, like, oh, you're gonna, I'm gonna go to Zany's, which is the local comedy club in Nashville. And it's an unbelievable club, very known club, been around for a long time. And so anybody that was funny, in my senior year, I wrote like, where are you gonna be in 10 years? And it was like, it was, I think I wrote playing in the NBA for some reason, <laughs> which I actually did because I played in the Nashville Baptist Association <laughs> for my church league. So uh, technically, you know, technically if you don't really look into it, it does check out. Uh, <laughs> and we, and then I wanted to be at Zany's and I, I said I would do that. I don't know, like, you know, I never wrote these goals down, goals down like being like, I am going to do that. I just wrote it down almost just being funny. And, you know, then it ended up working out. Uh, I do remember the first, one of the first things that I uh, remember outside of doing stand-up. I remember once I was uh, at a party, and I was telling a story about uh, a girl, some girl, like a, a girl I dated, or, you know, in high school, like the first girlfriend I had. Like, and I remember telling it, and I remember talking for like 40 minutes, like on a porch, and just everybody was laughing. And I remember, you know, we were like, oh, that felt good. all right, that felt good. And then I remember going to somewhere else to a party with people that were, those, those, those were my 
guys from my high school. And then we go to another party and it's people not from my high school, so I don't know them. And my friend is like, he's like, tell that story again. And I tried and like did not go good. Anytime your friend says yeah. tell that story again, again it's like, like not good seriously, at all. Seriously, bro? Yeah. <laughs> and it was almost the, it was the first time though having to learn how to repeat something. And, yeah. uh, and I couldn't, and, and then just how much it, it didn't work out. I mean, people were not on board. <laughs> Like the first time I talked for like 40 minutes and the second one like to wrap it up in like 80 seconds. <laughs> You're just like done. Good, good story, yeah, that's dude. good, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so that takes you, presumably that's teenager stuff. Yes, that was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, before that was like, you know, we did, I did some shows with my dad. Like we would do at like our church, like he would do the show, shows and I would do some, you know, some stuff were you with like, that. Were you his like sidekick? I, I, we need to talk. We need to cover a little yeah. ground for anyone who doesn't know that your father's yes. a magician, because that's a huge part yeah. of the. Well, you talk about a little bit in your act. Yeah. And and so were you like assistant? So when he said again, cut the lady in half with the saw, was that like you? I was yeah, as an eight year old, <laughs> just like I'm just like I'm just really getting into it, <laughs> like the saw part. Uh, tools. Uh, tools, yeah. He, so he's like, as I say in a lot of my acts, he started as a clown. Like, like if you've ever been yelled at by a clown, I have. Like, uh, <laughs> and when I was uh, five, I remember he came and did a show at our kindergarten. And he was, he dressed as a clown because he was a clown at that time. And he, I remember I was sitting, that one I sat like on the stage behind him. You know, because it's my dad and I just, you want to be like, yeah. you know, it's you're five dad. and it's my dad. This is, you know. And so I remember he had this trick that was this, uh, I'm not giving anything away, like it's, I mean, it's a, it's a child's trick. It's not like this is the fuck, that show where the guy gives away tricks. Uh, it's, but it was, it was like, he had the, uh, this uh, like wood thing that had two doors that would open and a dog was in the doors and, you would, and the dog would, there's a hole in the middle and the dog would go from this door, you would see him cross, go to this door. And then when you open this door, he would be gone. You would ask the kids which doors he's at. They would yell, and he could make it be either one. Well, I'm sitting behind the trick, and I, there's, the trick is there's, there's two dogs back there. You think there's just one, but there's two. And I just yelled that out to, like, all the kids. I was like, Dad, there's two dogs. Like, I just, I mean, just completely ruined his trick. And he's like, oh. Like, Thanks, yeah. bud. Some of the kindergartners left. They were like, this guy's terrible. Um, but so I, that was like the first like like helping out where I did I mean I didn't that was a, the worst yeah good 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 yeah, job helping the least amount yeah. and so I would do sometimes I would do we would go if he did shows he'd do shows at a mall and I would sometimes go up there and help and I was never great at it I never did good he didn't bring me you know he used to do they would do he'd do some, this children's hospital in Nashville and he took us once and they he make he could make animal balloons. So he would go do a magic show and make animal blues. And he took me and my brother, and then we have another friend, and his his kids went too. And so they would, they would, we would do for all the kids there and do this show. I did it once, and I was like, oh, that was fun. And then we never did it again. And I was like, all right. And I, I mean, like five years ago, I found out my brother and dad have been doing it for 20 years. Like they just, I just cut got cut out. out of this. <laughs> like I, they, one day I was at home like around Christmas. I was like, where are you guys going? They're like, oh, we're going to do this hospital gig. I was like, y'all still do that? Like, they, I was like, y'all never, I never got invited back to that ever. 
They I just was, didn't think you had talent. Is that yeah, they just figured, they're like, these guys bring the show down. These make the kids are asking them to leave. The most like, famous yeah. Bergazzi is not included in the show. Not included in the show. They, uh, not to be confused with two thumbs. Not, yes, not just good. Which we had, uh, I might have said that last night. Yeah, you did. Yeah, two thumbs Bergazzi, that lady, yeah. Yeah. We had someone in our family, she has uh, two thumbs. A baby was born two thumbs. They, they did not know why until they saw my Netflix joke where I tell about the Bargetti guy having two thumbs. It's a good one. Yeah. Do, do, we don't want to, we, we, we have to watch the show. Okay, we're not going to give you all the insight. Well, that one's on, that one's on, that joke is on like Netflix, Brad, the Brad Paisley. I just talked oh, about two thumbs Bargetti. Yeah, that joke's out. I don't, I mean, I couldn't even do the whole joke. But a guy had two thumbs like in the 1900s or something in our family and was murdered because <laughs> uh, he was hooking up with this guy's wife. And then, and then, yeah, and the joke, I was like, oh, because then he leaves and gives the guy two thumbs, one hand up. And then the, uh, when the, the guy come home, this was all, this is like a true story. The, the guy came home and was like, your wife's cheating on you. And he's like, with who? He's like, I don't know his name, but he had two thumbs on one hand, if that helps. Uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah, definitely, like, yeah. that's very and helpful. That narrows it down quite a bit <laughs> in the, the small town in the 1900s. <laughs> And then so the, it's Gary. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think so. Uh, does he have two thumbs? And so we had a. But there's. I and I met him. Someone in our Bargetti family. Their their child, who I think's 12 now, but was born with two thumbs on one hand, and they didn't know why, until they saw that joke. And then they were like, on the oh, Netflix on special. the Netflix thing. And then so then they're like, Do you oh, a thank you note. Do you, uh, your they name. sent me the other thumb. <laughs> they melded the. the it's a, it comes in a box. It comes in Thanks. a box. And a, yeah, it's in my office. Good job, so my, it's, special. My, it's my cousin's thumb. <laughs> well, let's keep going. You're in the, you're, you're helped with your dad. So there's some seeds yeah. of performance. You, you, there is some individual experiences along the way where you felt like you got some juice from being funny in front of your friends. Yeah. Um, but that's different from actually standing on stage and practicing a, a, a gig. So, yeah. Give, what, what's the gap there? Uh, and what did you do to put food on the table, or did you just go straight into it and it was all successful and you lived happily ever after? It's, uh, no, no, it goes, I mean, when I, I so I worked, uh, like we talked about, I, I used to read water meters, I worked with a guy, and he wanted to do stand-up, and, or he wanted to go to move to Chicago, and I was, we were like talking about it, I was like 23 in New York, in Chicago, I've always had jobs, which I do say this in my new act, but like I've always had dumb jobs, like moving people or water meters, all the stuff I can go back to. It never, I was never like a lawyer, doc, you know, something that's like, I spent, I didn't go to college, like my loan was, you know, I think my parents honestly paid my student loan off, which was $1,100. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, it was nothing, like absolutely nothing. So. I, I, my buddy wanted to go, and we went, and uh, that's when we moved to Chicago. And I remember when I first was going, I was trying to like, I would, I would drive around. I started delivering pizzas at night, just to try to save up money for us to move. And I would record, like I, I would, I bought a tape recorder and just if I thought of any jokes. I mean, this was all new to me. I never did it in Nashville first. I did it in Chicago. And then was this because your friend wanted to do it? And you said, "Yeah, maybe we could do it together." I, that is kind of yes. fun. Like, okay. I wanted, I did want to do stand up at that point. Like at that point, I was like, "I think I want to do, try this." 
But was it like overtly like, hey, yeah, let's go do this? Or was it like, this is, uh, like I'm not telling anybody in case I suck or in case I fail? Or was it, how, how intentional was it? Oh, it was intentional. I told, I told everybody, I told my family. And uh, my, my parents were super supportive of it. Obviously with my dad doing this, he's, yeah. he loves it. He yeah. loved the idea. I mean, they, they were like great. And I mean, and it did help that it's not like, I know some guys, there's a lot of comics that are, uh, Greg Giraldo who passed away, but he was a lawyer. A lot of comics are lawyers. Uh, some of them have like, one of my buddies, Dan Shackey, is, uh, he, was, he, went to, he went to University of Miami, he was like an engineer, like very smart, like their parents gotta be way more disappointed in them. <laughs> than me, my parents are like, you know. Netflix, like, like our kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when I go, they're like, well, what's, it's not like I was doing something, not like I'm hanging on to the fam, like, you know, something. <laughs> they were like, he can, I can come back and do whatever. Uh, so it was, it was, I was able to, it was very, it was great to be able to move, you know, to do it. I always have a, I used to do a joke about, though, I don't think anybody cares that anybody does anything. Uh, you know, there's a big mentality of like, Everybody told me I couldn't make it and all this stuff, and I just I don't think anybody tells anybody that. Like I don't think any, why would anybody care if you're gonna go try something? I don't. I mean I you know maybe they do. What about high pressure like helicopter parents? Don't they like they want to make sure? Yeah, I guess and that that and I just didn't have that. So yeah, so maybe they they could do that. I used to but I used to have a joke uh, where I said like athletes would be like I'm gonna dedicate this to all the people that said I wouldn't make it, and you're like. You're like eight foot tall. Like no one, no one went on a limb and said, "I bet you could maybe do it." No one in your family was like, eh, "You should try it." You know, like I think you should try it. Uh, so yeah, so I was yes, I do think that where like if 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 you really went to school and went to college and really did something, I, I do, I could see pressure pressure of you know having to do that. And when I moved, and yeah, so I, I mean I, I wanted to move there and. I, we took some classes at Second City. So there was at least a goal, like at least like, all right, we're doing this. And I didn't really like Second City. I took this class, Comedy College in, uh, in Chicago. Uh, and I, I just started taking that and it was great. Like a lot of times like uh, comics, can, some comics really hate like classes, stand-up classes. I don't hate them because I think you don't know what to do. So. I don't think a person can teach you how to be funny, but they can tell you like how to like be in the scene and yeah. like, and you meet other people starting like you. So you're not just out there alone. And cause if you're alone, it's, you might quit. Cause you're, you're too, you know, you're like, I don't know these people. Um, it's, it's the most nerve wracking. There needs to be. There's a, yes. There's a safe community of like, we're all nowhere right now. We're all starting for the first time. And, uh, there's no like judgment and you know because I mean when you first start I mean it's just brutal you know you're in front of talk you're talking to people in front of a crowd it's I mean it's not fun at all and it's you know do you have a bet any bad memories you could share uh Pain. you know what's funny is that when I did that comedy class they wrote an article about the guy's name's Jim Roth and he still teaches that class but they wrote an article in the Chicago Tribune about it so I mean the first like four weeks of me in comedy, I'm, my name's in the Chicago Tribune. Like, it looks like it's really coming together. <laughs> like, like, I just walk in and we, we took a big step back after that. <laughs> uh, 
the Tribune was my biggest thing. Still to this day, <laughs> the biggest thing I've ever done. Uh, there was, when you first started, I remember, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, in Chicago, there was like crazy uh, Pete Holmes, Kumel Nagiani, uh, TJ Miller. Uh, I mean, there's, uh, I'm missing some names. There, there was a ton, Hannibal Burris. There was a lot of people starting. So when I first moved there, all of us were starting. And so it's a pretty crazy group of guys that are doing it now. But I remember when you first started, it was, you know, I don't, you don't even know what to expect. Yeah. You just wanted to get the laugh. And then I moved to New York, after, so I was in Chicago for two years, and I watched Comedian. Okay. If anybody's ever watched that with Seinfeld, they follow him around. It's unbelievable. And it's, I watched it at a movie theater by myself. Why is it unbelievable? Because it showed Because you. it showed him in New York, it showed him, he, so the point of that is like, it's after he does Seinfeld, and he comes back and he's gonna shoot a special, and he's gotta build a new act. So it was to see the inside of that, it's just done. He's going to all the comedy clubs in New York and you, they follow him around. There's a guy, Orny Adams, that's on it, that's a younger comic. And Orny's uh, great, I know Orny now. And uh, he's so funny, very funny guy. And it's just very neat to like see the comedy clubs and all this stuff. And so th at that point I was like, oh, I need to go to New York. I need to move to New York. And I was in Chicago for two years. And so then from that, and Seinfeld's like the guy. Yeah, it was know? the community that you were in, and in, in, I'm a huge advocate of community. Like, yeah. if you're putting yourself out there, you said earlier, like being alone, you do that three or four times, you're alone, you fall on your face, you feel terrible, mm -hmm. and you got nobody to pick you up, and nobody to tell you, oh, here's some constructive feedback. Did you have that in Chicago? Was that a good experience? Yeah, yeah, they were, it was uh, with the guys that I started with. I still talk to one guy, that he doesn't do it anymore, but he was in my class. When I meet people, I mean, I, I, they rarely get out of my life, <laughs> whether they want it or not. <laughs> I talk to, I mean, I talk to people oh, you have that I work. number two, don't you? Oh, dude, you're gonna be in this forever. <laughs> you just better jump on board now because it's, it's not going away. Uh, they, yeah, I, like when I when you you started with those guys that you took the class with, so you're able to talk with people. And then, you know, when we all go hit all these open mics, you know, there's cliques even in the larger community. Sure. But you're still with people that are all got the same goal. I mean, when I was in Chicago, there's a guy, Brian Regan, comedian. He's very known, very funny, unbelievably funny. Uh, one of the best ever. And, uh, you know, he's like, he, you know, he's like probably below Seinfeld as far as his group. Com comics all talk a lot about groups like who you started with that's sure. a very big thing yeah. and so I mean Regan is like but he's been doing it for uh, you know 25 30 years probably but I remember the first time hearing his CD my dad mailed it to me when I was in Chicago and it was the first time I ever like I was like why is this guy not the most famous person on earth like it was the funniest thing I've ever heard and it was like great for me at that point to be like oh like there's people that are, this guy's not famous at this point. Now he's yeah. just good, but at this point you're like he's not famous. So talented, but and not so yeah, and so then you're like oh, like you you know you're like okay, because like, you think everybody's just Seinfeld. Sure, and it's merit, right? Yes. It's like the funniest person is the most famous. Yes, and that's just not real. That's not, and uh, you know that's when I moved to New York was. Was it because I, of that CD, or was it? Uh, that CD just opened, like it was just the first time I think I realized, I don't know, just hearing something that I didn't know exist. And I, I, I couldn't, 
you know, yeah, it changed my life in the fact that you're like, what? Like, you just, I don't know, you're like, this is so funny. And was, he, was he New York based or was it the Seinfeld part of, of retrenching in comedy that, that drew you to New York? He, I think he started in New York. I don't know Brian Regan, uh, but he, uh, he, I think he was in New York some, and then now he's been touring forever and lives in Las Vegas, I think. Uh, it, it was just like seeing it. That, so when I moved to New York, so we moved there, uh, I, ha I handed out flyers. I, like Pete Holmes has a, has a show on HBO called Crashing. And I started with Pete Holmes at the, the Boston Comedy Club in New York, it was called that. And we would stand on the corner and just hand out flyers to be like, we got a great show tonight. And then you would get to perform uh, at the end of the show. It could be one in the morning, two in the morning. And you could go in front of, as I said last night, I performed for one guy uh, that wouldn't leave. <laughs> and you don't want to perform for one guy. <laughs> but, and then I, I mean, I, I, you're regularly, the first five, six years of being in New York, you're performing for four to eight people. Like, and that's in, you know, you get very used to that. Yeah. Uh, and so you just, but you're doing it every single night. I went up every single night. And five years. Oh yeah, it's probably at least, I mean, I, I, when I handed out those flyers, that, I forget, that was, a, that was a, a year or two. How are you supporting yourself at this time? Because it's not, I had, not on eight times eight, six, you're not getting $64 a night, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been rolling in it if I got $64 a night then. My, uh, that day when I first moved, uh, I worked at a restaurant when I lived in Chicago, and then when I moved to New York, uh, I worked for FedEx, when I first moved there, because I always did delivery stuff. So I was able to like drive, and this is back when you had to deliver, there was no GPS, like it was a map, you have a little book, and I, just, I knew how to read the map, because I, and so I remember uh, I got a job at FedEx and I was delivering, and I, I would deliver in Manhattan, which is very easy, because it's a grid. So it's, you just kind of go loop around. And then I delivered in Queens and Brooklyn, it was much harder to deliver in, because the streets are all crazy. And so I started doing that, and then, but I was like, sometimes when you would deliver, you, sometimes you could get done at FedEx, you could get done at two in the afternoon, and then sometimes it could be 8 p.m. It was like, the hours were too crazy, and it was almost, it was like a full-time job, and I was like, well, I can't, this yeah. is too much. Yeah. And so then I just started loading the trucks, and so that's like a 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. or something like that. I think this is, this is really important if I can put a pin in this because yeah. a lot of folks who are trying to figure out their deal, they're like, you take a full-time job yeah. and it smokes you, basically. Yeah. And so you've got no energy to pursue the thing you're supposed to be doing. And mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting that you did it, realized that you didn't have any time. Was it time or was it energy? It, I mean, it was time. I yeah. mean, it was... Choose yeah. up 10 hours in a day. Yeah, yeah. It was just running the risk of you're like, yeah, I didn't move here to become a FedEx like <laughs> guy. So Even though I delivered once in New Jersey and they said it was the quickest they've ever seen it done. <laughs> I killed it. Got a lot of aptitude. Yeah, well, you had me to go do in Jersey. Like, cause Jersey was like how I was more on the streets that I started on where it's like houses and uh, more of a neighborhood. And they were like, I remember them just saying that was very, you did that very quick. And nice I was job. like, you know, what, you got a lot of potential. What do you want you know, what do you want to do? I'm really good at this. <laughs> so, and that's so how you, I became the most famous FedEx. I switched to FedEx <laughs> from that point on. No. So you, then you sort of downregulated this full-time gig to something where you 
from 5 to 10 a.m., you said? Yes, 5 a.m., 10 a.m., and so when we would hand out those flyers, I would be at the comedy clubs pretty regularly until 2 to 3, 3 in the morning. So I figured I could just do that, and I would just stay awake, and then go to there at 5, and then be done at 10, and then sleep, and then I had to be back at the club at like 7 p.m. to start handing out these flyers again. So I just would like kind of just get into that rhythm. You know, it's like, you, you know, I mean, you're just like, this is what my schedule is going to be. So like, I'll just make it work like this. The whole goal is to be a comedian. So it's not like I'm going out and trying to like experience New York outside of comedy. Yeah, so focus. That's the focus. Yeah, is on that. So I just did that for a while. For five years. I didn't work at FedEx for five years. I mean, it switched. I mean, I eventually stopped doing the FedEx and then I went to like walk. I walked dogs. Walking dogs was a very big job in New York. Uh, I did that for a little bit just because that was easy. You could do it during the day. And uh, it was like getting back to like a little bit more because that 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. does that wears on you. Like you yeah. get very tired of uh, you look good, though. Yeah, I, it took me 18 years just to get <laughs> back to normal. <laughs> yeah, to get the dark circles. Just to out. get yeah, <laughs> so you don't look like a maniac. Uh, so then yeah, then I went back to like dog walking, and then I did some. The last job I had was uh, like a temp agency, which is just full of everybody that's doing, uh, that's pursuing a dream, you know. Yeah, you got to just do whatever. You got to have a job. I mean, I I knew. You know, there's a lot of comics, though, too, that, like, some people would have the same job. There's, there was different ways people thought about it. I knew some guys that were, like, they, they would have, like, a real job. So they would, you know, 9 to 5, like, a legit, like, in, some of them worked in an ad agency or whatever they, whatever they went to college for. And then they would just do comedy at night. And they would always, I remember them saying, just don't ever quit your job. Like, you don't want to, you, they, they you don't want to make yourself take bad gigs because you don't have any money. You'd rather, some guys would rather be able to say no to like a bar show in the middle of nowhere and just keep their regular job until they can't, they, keep, keep they got too much work and yeah. they can't do it. Uh, but that's not what you did. No, I, I, I wanted to get all those dumb gigs. I think those, you know, I think there's a good balance for both. Uh, which everyone do, but yeah, I, I didn't do that. I, I worked at the, you know, I worked at my temp agency Basically until I got married, and then when my when my wife went up there, you know, I was able. She she had a job, so that was so we were able to live off her, and then you know, and then I slowly started to build, where you would make like ten grand a year off comedy. I remember I just wanted to make enough money to where like it was what I would be making if I worked at a restaurant, like you know, where it's like if I had a restaurant, everybody'd be fine with it. So if I can just get to that much money. Twelve, twenty thousand dollars a year, and then you would be, then I would be fine. And you figure it was what was the time from you saying I'm gonna move to Chicago with my buddy, to when you actually were making, let's call it twenty. Uh, so I, mean, I don't want to have you do math if it's hard. It just sits there like <laughs> thirty years. I like he doesn't. Uh, it's I, I moved in. I started in 2003, January of 03. And then 2008, I remember, was a very big year for me. But I, didn't, I don't think I was making $20,000. Uh, maybe. 2008, maybe. It's close. Maybe close to 20000 there, maybe. Uh, so that's 2003, 2008. Yeah. That's, so that's like five plus years. 
Yeah, and I was very lucky, and I got that was that's uh, fast. That's fast. That's not you know. I mean, that's I remember. My wife asked me one time, like, how long would you do this before? <laughs> was there a suggestion? Was that a, like a yeah. how long are you, are you do done? This? Yeah. <laughs> and like tonight? She's like, no, in your life. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, I remember. I remember her asking once, and you know, because it was like her family. Her parents are great, but they. To them, it was much more of a shock of like, I'm moving there to do comedy, where my parents are on board with it. Yeah, you have a My parents did, we did, uh, they paid, I did, you know, the Lou Pearlman, the guy that, uh, he died, but he like got arrested for taking people's money. He like managed like NSYNC or something, or Baxter Boys, and he would do this big festival. And I, I tried to get in it one time, not a festival, but like this contest. And I remember trying to get into it once. I talked to my parents. My parents paid like $1,000. And then it, like, there was a hurricane. We didn't even get to go. It was in Florida. And they wouldn't get So my parents just lost $1,000. But like, that's how much my parents were like into, it. On, into yeah. it. Like I was able to talk to them. Into, I could like go to them like, you know, with your doe eyes and just be like, please, I have to do this. Like, you know, <laughs> and they would be like, OK. And, and just wasting their money. In-laws, not so much. No, I mean, they didn't even understand. They, it, it's just such a different world. They don't even, you know, if someone's not around, like, anything that's like that, they, it is very hard to wrap your head around it. I mean, now they can obviously see. Uh, but, yeah, it's very hard to be like, you know, what are you doing? Like, what's happening? Uh, can Give me a little more there. Like, the, this is the story of, yeah. like, the 10,000 people who are listening right this second. They're like, yeah. Oh my God, my, I, I figured out a way to get my parents on board and my in-laws or my girlfriend's parents or whatever, they think I'm a loser, that I'm, I'm like, it's hard for me to make a living. How am I gonna do something practical? Yeah. There's all these like little microaggressions that the world throws at you when you wanna pursue yeah. a big crazy dream. Yeah, well, I, I what I think about all that, so, my, so her parents, I don't think were completely on board. I don't know if I ever, they told me enough, but I don't know how much I would have cared because I do tell some people ask me like if they're, they're they're married or they're they're doing this like how do you do it with being married and uh I mean I tell everybody like you have to I remember telling my wife uh I mean I was like when she asked me that question I was like this is what I'm doing so this is what's happening so whether it happens it happens it doesn't doesn't but I there's no plan b there's no I love this, this is what I want to do, and this is what we're going to do. And I never was like, you know, in a, in the, in not, in not sounding like a bad way, but it is like, you can't, when people like have girlfriends and I'm like, you can't make that, you can't change and let that person take you out of what you're trying to do. Cause uh, I always say you have to be obsessed with it. You have to be obsessed. You have to go out every single night. I went out every night to shows for nine years every single day, doing 10 minute shows, whatever, in front of three people, 100 people, it didn't matter. I did shows, I wouldn't get home until five in the morning. Uh, you might sleep all day, then I'd go back out and do it that night. But when you're doing a job like this, no one needs us to do this job. No one is asking us to do this job. You're, it's a luxury to get to even get to a point where you get to do this. So you have to commit to it all the way, and you cannot have a relationship, you either girlfriend or boyfriend, husband or wife, they can, if they get in the way, then you're never going to make it. And I promise you won't make it. You have zero chance to make it unless you commit 
and dive all the way in and have no backup plan. Like, this is what you're going to do. And I mean, there's got to be talent's got to be there, obviously. It's not like you got to have the drive to do it. But, you know, look at like athletes. Like, if you do, like, you know, LeBron James, obviously, no matter what he does in his life, he's going to be an athlete. He's very talented, you know, and, and it's just his build. He was built for that. But if he, he could. He could play in the NBA, but if he wants to be the greatest, he has to work at it as much as he has to work at it. And that's what you have to do. You have to watch comics. I always said when you first started, you always needed to have a comic right below you that you could give advice to and a comic right above you that you could take advice from. You don't always want to go ask the people that are too famous. They're not going to remember. It's hard for them. To, and it's changed. They've been famous for 10 years. Yeah. So you're like, what do you, what's open mics? And you're, they're like, I did them 15 years ago. I don't know what they're like. You gotta have someone right above you that would be not famous, but that person's gonna, he'll be able to answer more questions than anybody could answer because he just went through what you went through. And then I think you gotta have someone below you that you can then retell because you need to constantly hear yourself and you need to be talking about whatever you're chasing that much. You have to like, I mean, you have to talk about it. Like that's all you talk about. That's all you wanna do. That's all you wanna, and if, you know, I remember, like, you know, people would, like, take days off. You know, like, well, Monday I like to spend with my girlfriend, and I was just like, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, what do you mean? Like, well, I gotta, we got to have some time for us. And I was like, but you don't. You don't have to have time. Like, you're, you're trying to win the lottery. So there is no, there will be time. And there will be time where it will be great. But right now, like, when you're starting, you can't just be like, Sundays or I stay at home and we watch <laughs> like no one cares because yeah. guess what I, I'm going out on that Sunday so I will be out you stay at home and I mean and it's got to be a weird it's, there's a balance so you do have to live a regular life because you have to draw from experiences but you but but comedy's got to be the or whatever your thing is that has to be the thing that you're like obsessed with and uh you know there's something like about People, there's like you have to scale the, your work to your ambition, mm-hmm. and I think there's a big gap between what people think it requires, and and that's what you know. It's been a huge theme of the show and theme of Creative Live, and it was really it's powerful to have you, like really over over index on that. Is there was it competitive? Yeah, comedy is very competitive. You know, it's a weird. It's not competitive as like sport where it's like an obvious like victory over someone but yeah it's very I mean the whole time you're like someone gets something and you're like well how did that guy get that he got you know he got to be on a late night show and I didn't what did he do and how did he get that why didn't I get that and that's your I still think that today I mean I have you gotta have something that makes you drive I I can make stuff up in my head a lot I can take stuff wrong ways I can um I can feel like someone slights me or someone, if I don't get something, I think they did it because they don't think I'm good enough to do it. And then that will, that forces me to, you know, then be like, well, I'll, I'll show you. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll you know, and I, you try not to like, when you like, I think you got to complain too about stuff. So I think <laughs> it's good to complain. But I think that group you complain to has got to be a small number of people. Yeah, you don't, you can't complain to like, yeah. Uh, if everybody knows that you're just a nightmare, it's no, but I do think you have to complain to like your small group. Find your true friends 
that you're going to be friends with probably forever. And then you guys like just complain about everything and then you can like get it out. You got to get it out. You got to say it. You got to get it out. You can't let it just build up inside of you. Like just, just keep like. Does this go back to this? Is this the same community or is this a different oh, yeah. community than your comic? Because you talked about having a, no, like it's a, it's just, it's comedy. Like okay. it's uh, gotta have someone. That you no trust. one's gonna get it. Like once you start talking to people that are not doing that, yeah. it's it's just hard. We used to say that about like with comics. Once you hang out with someone that's not a comic, uh, comics they make jokes that are like crazy, and then uh, just milk with ice in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is for, this is like my sponsorship. <laughs> like, just go. Yeah. Uh, Couldn't wait. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. I love it. Uh, I hope no someone doesn't know that joke, and they're like, this guy's a psycho. Like, it just they're gonna just think like I'm just. <laughs> you go to twenty thousand dollars, then you demand milk with ice in it. Uh, but they, uh, you, you know, when you hang out with people that are not comedians, like guys make jokes. Uh, like I would say, like you make, you know, comics like their 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 material, the stuff we say to each other can be, it's just like brutal. Like it's just very like you know. I have I've it, been around it. A yeah, lot yeah. Where they do it's, like it's powerful. So to the comics, you know, if you that's always say if you meet a comic, and if you're with another comic and like someone doesn't do a rape joke in five minutes, you're like this guy's not that good. Like he should be. Like in a bad, like it's very, you know. It's crass. It's like, yeah, it's crass. It's like, uh, I mean, like a lot of cops, military, like all these people that have these crazy tense jobs, usually their sense of humor is like pretty wild. And that's how it is in comedy. And then so sometimes you're, you get around regular people and you can like cross a line quick. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, I'm sorry. I've been around comics too much and you have to tone it down. But I think that's a good thing. That's a good uh, is it a pressure valve? Is it a yeah? It's, well, it's being funny to each other, and so when you're com like that's why New York, I think New York is the best and produced the best comics. Boston, I actually think, is the most the best comics have come out of Boston or from Boston have some kind of tie to Boston. But then New York is like where everybody goes, and the New York guys, the New York comics are the best in the country because they're it's busting balls. It's you know trying to be funny to each other and like you so like when you're in the group with all of you you know now you're with eight comics and you're trying to be funny and have the best line out of these eight comics so that is competitive that yeah. is like you know that gets it's the spirited, juices spirited jousting yeah when you and when like you don't when sparring. you yeah and it keeps you when you get out of it uh you can feel yourself like lose a step for some reason you know the new york audiences are the toughest there you got to go and like get them very quickly and uh, make, them, make them laugh fast. I mean, even now when I go back to New York and I do just spots where you do like 12 minutes at a club, uh, the first spot always, I like kind of, it never goes that good. Cause I got to get back into the energy of like doing New York. Yeah. Like in, so you got to like, oh, I got to speed it up and like just hit them. You know, you're I'm used to like, when you now on the road with an hour it's a long thing, it's a big show, it's a whole thing. So you're, it's very more drawn out. And when you get back down to like 12 minutes, you're like, oh, I gotta crush it. You gotta quick. get in there. Yeah. 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 So I'm gonna try and put a bow on what you were just talking about. Having a community is really important. That a community that you can be competitive with, you can cry about yeah. shit with, you can, yeah. you can joust and spar and, and challenge one another. Um, so it sounds like that's critical. But what about 
material because if you're if you're always around i notice your material specifically comes from daily life yeah it doesn't sound like it comes from being in a competitive environment with a bunch of other people who are doing the same thing you're doing yeah so how important and where do you go for inspiration and obviously people's inspirations come from all over how did you figure out yours is it is it reps like did you used to do the clown act like your dad yeah. and then you were the magician and you're like nope nope that's not it that's not it and how did you find your voice? I think that's one of the most misunderstood or hard, yeah. to, hard to capture things, whether you're a photographer, designer, an author, an entrepreneur, like what am I gonna do? What's my stick? What's my thing? Yeah. How did you figure yours out? Uh, it's very unique. Yeah. Uh, some of it you get lucky with just like my accent and my, the way I talk and whatever. Some stuff just like randomly kind of works out. Uh, but as far as like finding your voice, I always said I think, you, I think when you first start you end up finding how to write material first or your voice. And some guys have either, some comics have either one. And they don't usually, you don't start with both, but you will, you can kind of, one will become quicker than the other. And I think for me, I, I was material first. I don't think I had my voice. Even though I had a voice in the fact that I just talked different than everybody else, but like to really hone it and to really figure out like what your thing is or like how to be, it, like you learn how to be funny without like saying something funny, and when you know, and you're able to get laughs off just I don't know your pausing and your rhythm and your timing and you, all of it kind of just slowly comes together. I mean, I think it's still coming together. I don't know if I ever really, you don't ever really have it. Like You've there's plenty arrived, of days. Yeah. yeah, you don't. Like I mean, right now, like that tennis, the Tennessee kid on Netflix is like I was very very proud of that, and I was very. Like when I knew I was doing it on the road and it was destroying and I knew like this has to be good. Like I, and it kind of gets out of your hands where you just got to hope people see it and hope people watch it. And then, but now when I'm starting this new act, you know, I got this new hour and you're like, you just feel like you're up there. But last, this whole time, like after the show, I was like, everybody's like fine, right? Everybody was happy. Like I was asking the, you know, just cause you're so nervous. Because they just saw, they see the Tennessee kid, you're like, yeah, that was like over a long period of time. That you developed that material. Yeah, and, and then this is practice. new, yeah. and so then you're just, you never feel like you're going to write a joke as good as you did the last one. It, and it never, and you always have that feeling. That feeling never goes away. And I think if it goes away, I think that's bad. It can't, you can't lose it. But you have, you do have a you know, you're like desperate. Like right now I feel very desperate for material. Like I want, I- You wanna I, do some stuff later? You wanna yeah, just, just try some stuff here. <laughs> I don't have it, I just need some ideas. I don't have the ideas. I never built a surefire way to come up with the material. And I've thought about that recently. Like I, I wish I would have probably, I never sat down and wrote. Some guys can write word for word and I never did that, which I don't think you should always, if you wanna sound conversational, you can't write word for word. Uh, but I do wish I would have came up with a way to come up with material. Let's, like, let's talk a little bit more formally around process. Yeah. Because you talked about some comics will write it out word for word. Is that from like acting and script? Is that where they come from? What's their background? Or is this, is this part of your finding your voice? Did you used to like write it down and you said, oh, that sucks when I write it down because I sound like a robot. And yeah. then you record into your phone and then you you know, you take notes on your phone, like what's, like how did you figure it, what is your process, and then how did you figure it out? Uh, Two-point question, what is your process, how did you figure it out? 
the uh, my process like how to come up with a joke. I mean, I just let it happen. Like you just always got to be aware. So like you know, everywhere you walk around, everything you do, there's like a, just an aware awareness of what's going on around you and what's happening and. Uh, and so like that's that's how you do it. I never wrote. I would write down like in my phone like a notepad like uh I could put my like if I have an idea like I'll just type the general idea of what it is. And sometimes it's uh sometimes it's like you uh sometimes you a lot of, or even a lot of, a lot of times you come up with the funniest part first. And then you have to build something around it. And you know, this milk with ice in it. So <laughs> for the if if you're listening right now or than watching, we I, had, I asked for a refill on water, and then we delivered Nate a glass of milk with ice in it, which is it's an inside thing. Yeah, this is my joke. If you don't get it, you're going to be like, that's the stupidest thing. <laughs> you have a career based off of just this. Uh, but this milk with ice, so we'll go to Starbucks, order iced coffee with milk. The guy thought I said milk with ice in it, and that's what he gave me. And then some lines in that where I would say like, I've never ordered milk publicly in the history of my life. That line is from another time uh, where I thought of a joke, where I was, I was always thought of this joke of like milk is just, like milk's not in a man's life unless a woman is in their life. Like you, cause you have milk your whole life with your mom. And then when you go on your loan, you go a long time. You're like, I don't, I've never bought milk for like four years. And then you get married, and then milk's back in your life. You're like, now we have milk. <laughs> like, it's just like it was a thing. Milk was never, I don't know, it's for everybody. For me, it was, milk was never just something that I would buy. <laughs> and uh, so that was the general idea I had. And I could never really find a thing for that. And then, so when this came along, I remember that. And so then I put it in with this. Got it. And are you taking notes on your phone, or is, are you adding it? In well, real I just time? remembered it. So you remembered it. So then you're yeah. on stage, and you're like, yeah. I'm and you slowly just say it, and you add a little extra stuff to it, and you say the lines a little different. You're kind of always working on stuff. You're always kind of adding things, even on the fly. Like I think I write best on stage, and that was coming from New York. That was because in New York you would go up every night, so you could always be trying these. This stuff. is the the point about repetition and just taking. You got to do a joke over and over again. When you first start, it's hard because you do open mics and the same comics come every night, and you have to feel like you have to write uh, new jokes for these guys every show. But it's all like I, you got to have like you got to learn. I knew early, I, I need, you, you got to get in front of a real audience, no matter how small it is. But it, you got to get in front of people that you can tell the same joke over and over again. You, that's, that's what you have to learn. That's more important than anything you ever do, is learning how to tell a joke and learning how to like murder, like destroy. Like, you know, like you want to be, I remember getting five minutes and you want that five minutes Crush. to be so good that if you do five minutes and you have to do 10, that one five is clearly different than the other five. Yeah. And you're learning how, but you, you gotta know what that sounds like. You gotta, I gotta learn what laughter, like big laughs sound like. So I'm always trying to get to those laughs. And I, I, I remember seeing comics, some guys would, they never would get to that. And then to them, no laugh they're comfortable with because they would never get laughs. I remember a guy coming uh, after stage and his, his set was terrible, no laughs. And I was about to like be like, yeah, whatever, man, this crowd's awful. Like, you know, try to give him some kind of yeah. encouragement. And he was like, that was pretty good. And I was like, and at that moment I was like, he's never done good then. Cause yeah. he should know that that wasn't. But to him, that was, that's on par. So he's fine with that reaction. 
And that guy will not go anywhere because yeah. that, if he's, he's fine with media, he's made it like mediocre, mediocrity, is that yeah. the, how you say it? Uh, he's like made that like okay in his head. So if he thinks that's okay. Then so is the message though, you're really, you need to be comparing yourself to the best. And if you were, oh, yeah. even if you only get, or in, in, oh, there's only one picture in your portfolio or one logo in your design portfolio or one joke that crushes, what you're trying to do is then fill up your 10 minute spot. With that. Only with stuff that crushes. Yeah. And be brutally honest yeah. with, did, was that good? Was that low, medium or high yeah. on the scale? And yeah. is, is it a constant refinement of those only just, because you, you also, last night, and in your Netflix special, and you take people on a journey, like it's not always full belly laugh, right? Yeah. Because there's no build up that way. It's, you can't always yeah. everything be funny, so. Yeah, for a long time you want to, like I, uh, I think comics sometimes now, comedians start, they're a little bit different, like, you know, comedians that are younger, you know, I don't know how much it is for them to kill as much as they do, I don't know if that's, it's almost like that's kind of losing with some comics. Yeah. And they're almost fine with being like storytelling or like, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's like being interesting more than it is being funny. I still think it's about being funny and it's about like really making, and I started and I watched guys that would just destroy a room. They would, there were people would lose their mind yeah. and you'd watch them, you'd watch a crowd lose it. Yeah. And there's nothing better than that feeling of you can hear people like not catch their breath and not yeah. and just like they can't handle it yeah. and so you're I'm always chasing that that was happening last night just so you know I that's was in good the crowd. The right. lady next to my wife Kate poured yeah. a drink on Kate oh, the, like, yeah. laughing so much that she, yeah. she cut her mid-sip uh, yeah. the guy in front of me had very very long hair his hair was in my lap a whole bunch because <laughs> <laughs> his head kept throwing yeah. back um, so, you, but that's what you're, you're, you're literally attuned to what yeah, yeah. success or the right reaction sounds yeah. and feels like. Yeah. Yeah. You just know what to chase. And that's why I know you can come off, I can come off a crowd and then be like, oh no, that show is fine. And then, you know, people could be like, I mean, you killed like they went and you're like, well, I know the difference. I don't know. I can't tell you how I know, but I can tell that it was this, you know, I mean, these are all. Yeah, they're all good problems. Sure, they're like, great performances, yes. but they're but like, distinctions. But if I don't have, if I don't, if I'm not putting myself to a higher standard, then who is? And the second you start letting, like, not like letting that happen, yeah. then you're gonna start losing some stuff. And it's like, kind of like all kind of goes away. Like you're, you're, it's very easy to slip. It's very easy to like, there's someone else that's gonna be better than me, that's looking at me thinking I, could, I can do better than him. And if I give up at all, and then start putting out some material. Maybe I, maybe I don't. Like say this hour that you saw last night, if I'm like immediately like, let's go do another special with how I'm doing this. It's not gonna be, it's not, it, there's gonna be a big difference between what they just saw. And it, it's easy to do that. And uh, you can, you know, and, that, and that's your first step down. That's like the, you know, it starts. How do you prevent that? What do you, are you just, you gotta, is it vigilance? Is it like being aware of people it. around you or is it self-awareness? You know, honest people around you, like, it's kind of hard. Uh, you do need to have honest people around you. But no matter what, I mean, like, people are going to tell you that you did good. And, you know, you have to be aware that they're going to tell you that. You can't, you can't just, even when they're telling you it's good, believe it. You kinda have like to. like the guy who was coming off stage or you were going to give him some good, yeah, good job, man, tough crowd. Yeah, yes. 
same thing. I was going to give him, like, uh, and, and then, yes. It's, like, you have to just be, like, you have to, I don't know, you, you got to just know that you can always be doing better and just always be listening to other comics. Always be watching stuff that makes you strive and you are like, I want to be like that. I want to be good like that. I want to have enough material. You look at Jim Gaffigan, I mean, he's got unbelievable amounts of specials. Yeah. Uh, sells so many tickets. I mean, some of the more than anybody does. So many people want to see him. Uh, you learn even having a career. What's funny is when you first start, you're very like, this person's bad, like, or this, you know, you, people first start, like just use this as a reference, but they'd be like Larry the Cable Guy. You're like, yeah, he's just doing whatever. And then I, like, there's a point you go like, he's made $50 million. If you think it's so easy, then go do what he does and make $50 million. Don't act like you're, that's an option and you're trying to be an artist <laughs> and like trying to do it the right way. He did something and it's crazy. No matter what you can think of someone's act, whether you like it or not, if they're very successful, it's very hard to get to that part. It's very hard to make people want to come see you and want to be like, I've spent this money. I mean, now you go to these theaters, they're, they got a babysitter. They got, there's a million things going into this. It's not just we walked into a bar and you were on stage. So you have to give them a show and it's about them. It's not yeah. even about you. It's about give, you doing this show is about like giving yeah. this, you have Value. to, you know. Value. The yeah. second you don't care is the second they don't care, yep. and then people start dropping off, and then you, whatever you had is over. You can't, we talked about it this weekend, was like you can't take it for granted. You gotta always be like very appreciative of just, you know, what's happening. I always try to, I try to be very aware in the moments. I try to be very, you know, now we're having, you know, obviously more success than I've ever had. And so I try to like, I try to be very grateful about it. I try to talk about it a lot. I tell my daughter, like, my, you know, my daughter's six, but I try to make sure that she understands that, like, I didn't, we didn't ha always have this or, yeah. uh, you know, I say it on, yeah, yeah on the on yacht stage. we had. No, I don't know. <laughs> As I talked to her on the yacht, there's dolphins <laughs> behind us. I was like, hey, just be grateful about what's happening. And then I'm just, we're feeding a dolphin. <laughs> so we, we've taken elements of, uh, inspiration, community. There's a, some real themes. You're talking a lot about comedy because that's what you do. Yeah. But it's it's not an accident that these are themes across yeah. basically anybody who's trying to do something that is atypical. It's not like go to school, get a job, yeah. get married, have kids, whatever. It's, or it's 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 some personal journey. Yeah. You also talked about what I would call deconstructing the work of other people. Like you're looking at other comics or people who are ahead of you in the pecking order or the journey or whatever, however you want to classify it, and then people who are coming up. You're learning from both of them. Yeah. You specifically talked, we, I, I think I derailed you a little bit, you, you talked about watching Seinfeld. Yeah. And watching basically the, the journey that he took to get back into uh -huh. comedy after the show. Why was that important? It was just to even see it, just to know what, to, to I don't know, see a little bit behind the curtain, I guess, because I was, I was just starting. Yeah. So to, to, to be able to watch that and see it and just be, get excited, like being like, this is so exciting, like that's so fun. And 
You know, when we, when I first was in New York, I remember New York, it was always about the joke. It was never about making the money. It was never about, I think sometimes guys can, uh, uh, I say guys, I just mean comics, like, but they're, you know, but like, like, but they, uh, I think sometimes like people can think about too much other stuff. They can think about whether, you know. Are you talking about money and fame? Like web money, fame, but even like having a website, I need a website, I need to be like, I need to be networking. Like that needs to be their focus. Like they're focused on everything except actually the, the craft, thing that they yeah. need to do. The craft. The craft will make you do whatever you want. I knew that I needed to be amazing at stand-up, and from that I can be an actor or I can be whatever else I want to be. But if I can be so good at this one thing that everything else will come, anybody will ask you to do stuff. People would start and they'd be like, well, I'm gonna make videos. I'm doing these videos, I'm doing improv, and I'm doing stand-up. Like, well, there's no way you're gonna be really good at all those things. So you're gonna be fine at all of them. And, but I, why not just be great at one and then go to the, then let the other stuff come. But be, un, you know, I mean, Steve Martin said it, you have to be undeniable. Be undeniable at something. Get to that level. And then you learn what it takes to get to that level. I always think I know how, if someone wants to be a professional athlete or photographer, me, the best ever, I don't know how to do that stuff, but I know what it takes to do that stuff. Yeah. So that mastery of one yes. thing shows you. Obse it's obsession. It's yeah. an obsession. It's, yeah. You have to be obsessed with it. And you have to be at your, like, you got to be obsessed with the, even the reaction that you get from the thing that you're putting out, whatever that thing is. And you have to be so good at that thing. Don't spread stuff out. Don't, you know, and you got to learn from, uh, mistakes. I never try to give too much uh, advice or if someone's like, what can you, what shortcut can you take? There's no shortcut. The shortcut is that there's no shortcut. There's never, I remember once someone told me once, it's, uh, it takes, I told someone last night, uh, it takes a uh, long, uh, it's, your like career is, uh, it's longer than you want, but quicker than you think. And it, you want to make it and you want to make it immediately, and it doesn't happen. I've done this 16 years. That's not a crazy long time. It feels like forever, because I did it every day for 16 years. Every single day. Uh, common, like in whatever business, you, if you do it enough, three years will, it's like dog years. Uh, like that's why I moved into New York, because like I performed every single day. So my 16 years is 20 to 25 anywhere else in the country. Because I went up every day, and these guys go up twice a week. So that's a huge difference, a huge advantage that I, just because I went and moved that. And wherever you've got to go move to do whatever you've got to go do, you have to go do that. And you have to take those, uh, you have to take those chances. The best, uh, it's kind of, this all could be all over the place, but. This is beautiful. Uh, as someone's like, watch this, like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> the best, my favorite thing that I've ever that I read that stuck with me the most. Uh, Jerry Wintraub, uh was a, he has a great book. He was like Elvis's manager and then became this big movie producer, produced Ocean's 11, Ocean's 13. He's he was like an older, he died like a few years ago. I never knew him or anything, but I read his book. I would read a lot of books about like guys starting, people whoever's starting something. And I remember in the book, he, he started, he worked in like the mailroom of some agency. And then he moved his way up into New York and was in this, uh, an agent. And then he, I remember in the book he said, uh, I, I, anytime I, I knew that anytime I started feeling comfortable, it was time to make a change. And when I read that, 
I moved from New York to LA within five months of reading that. And I told my wife we have to go because I knew I got to a point I was not having to hustle to get spots at, to do shows at comedy clubs. I could play any comedy club in the city. And, but when I read it, it made so much sense to me. I was too comfortable. And I knew that if I stay here, I can end up being 60 years old and just having to do, you know, 100 shows a week to make no money. Like, you know, but you, I was going to have to like, I, I was just at that point, I was like, I got what I got out of here and I needed to mix it up and then make myself like re-hustle, like make myself nervous again and make wow. myself scared again. And I mean, we moved and I moved, I mean, it was right after I read that. And that's my favorite quote I've ever read. And it's, I think it's a quote for any, no matter what anybody does, if you ever start feeling comfortable, you, it's, you gotta change it up and you gotta put yourself, whatever it is, move, do something Different. to make change you uncomfortable because you're not trying as hard. That's the first time it starts going, like, if you don't move, that will be your first time you go down. Because you'll just get too used to, like, you get too, like, uh, I don't know, it gets too easy. It gets too, you know, and you're not really trying. You're not pushing yourself to get to some ex next level, whatever that is. Let's talk about hard stuff. What's something that's really hard right now? Because I think if you're, and I, I asked this question to sort of, both learn and dispel the fact that you just landed a Netflix special. It's crushing. Everyone's talking about it. You're on a rocket ship, but there's still, there's got to be hard shit happening. Yeah. It's pretty easy now, man. FD <laughs> <laughs> uh, just gave us this inspiration. I love the inspiration, but like, I'll be honest with you, I'm trying to take it easy, not change it up too much. I just want to go back to everything I just said. Just like, uh, you know, what's hard? I mean, I think now it's hard just to like, I mean, to, there's way more expectations when people come to the show. So to make sure that they leave with that, that you're still giving them what they expect, what they want to see. That special came out in March. It's May. It's very, you know, quick. I was able to, I can do a new hour now. And I, you know, but it's, it's learning how to like, that new hour is nowhere as good as the special was. So it's, now it's hard to just, uh, it's hard to like keep, you know, just, to, I mean, just to keep everything rolling, keep yeah. everything up, keep wherever level I'm at now, you got to get to, there's another, there's a level that's way above me. I'm not even close. Like when you see people be famous, man, like if you're around, like, I, you know, I've been around Fallon, like there's, they're famous, dude. It's, it's unreal. Like it's. And it's not about, you know, even though it is, fame. it's not it's about, about the, the fame. Craft, it's, yeah. it's never even about, like, money's never been a thing. I mean, all that stuff does show you, though. You do need to make this much money. And that means that you're high on your, whatever you're doing. Yeah. But, like, where you see those guys are at, like, where these, you know, the comedian, Ellen DeGeneres, and, like, like Her and special is so good. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah she, was she was one of the first comics I ever, so I remember watching her special, and it's unbelievable. She's one of my favorite comics of all time. David Spade, too. Yeah. They, uh, but uh, seeing, the, seeing them get to that level of that fame and then like where I'm at, like it's, I mean, it's not even like close. Like there's, there's so much more to go. There's so. There always is. There's, yeah, there's, you're, you're never to like the height. Kevin Hart, like, I mean, just in these arenas, uh, <laughs> you're never to that, you're never to that level. So it's like, it's, you gotta always 
keep seeing that. You know, the other thing too is about living in New York that was good, but you need to also see people get stuff. Like that's, you, that's why it's hard when people sometimes stay in their, in their hometown, or, yeah, yeah. in their own world, yeah. and no one's made it from that world. If you never see someone make it, then you don't think it's impossible. That's why people think it's impossible to be, become famous because they, they've never seen someone become famous. You need to see someone become famous. So then you can see, I remember doing an open mic with Aziz and Sorry, like, and then Aziz got passed at the Comedy Cellar. Passed means you get to work there. And so he got passed at the Comedy Cellar. We're like, wow, that's crazy. And then he was hosting the MTV Movie Awards. And it was just like that. And but I saw that, like that guy was just this, here with yeah, me. Yeah, you were this close. And now he's yeah. there. Yeah. So then you're like, okay, there is, there is a way to do that. Amy Schumer we started with. And you know, like so you've seen these guys move up and you need to see that. You have to see that. You have to be able to see that there is a way to do it. They are, there's, they're not, they don't, you know, they're not doing something that you're not doing. And you're like, all right, I was just here with that person. They, can, they did it. And if you don't ever go around people that do make it, you will never make. So is it for inspiration? And are you also, like, did you look at NZs, for example, and say, like, what was he or Amy Schumer, he or yeah. she doing that I'm not doing? Is it, and do you get too sucked into what their world is? And are you obsessing over your Instagram feed versus working on your craft? Yeah. What's the balance there? Yeah, you can get, uh, you, you, I mean, you can get very jealous. That's where, like, you know, you get very bitter and, like, yeah, why do they get to do it? They get, you know, all this stuff. Amy gets to do it because she's a woman. They need women. You, like you say this stuff, and it's not true. She gets to do it because she's great. She's yeah. great, and she's and people want to watch her. Yeah. And that's why she gets to do it. And once you realize that, that's the thing about even like Larry the Cable. Like when you you can't sit and just think, well, they're doing like, you know, they got it just because of this reason. They needed a woman, so they pulled Amy out. There's a bunch of women doing it. She did it better than all these people. They're, they're not going to just make someone famous because they, uh, I mean, A, no one can just pick you and make you famous. No right. one can, if there's Only a guy once. that can you, do that. They can give you a show once. They can give you, you a show once. If you don't crush it, you're. It will yeah. go away immediately. The same is true in, in basically anything. And people are hiring you for a campaign and maybe you got it once, but if you're getting it consistently, that means you're delivering. Yeah. But the people who are actually the deciders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the people who are actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and all, it's like, yeah, and that thing too, it's like always be professional in everything that you do. Always, uh, and be nice to everybody. That's something I think sometimes people can, like, you, you gotta be nice to everybody. Uh, whoever, whatever, nobody that you could be mean to at the very beginning, a kid that's 20, I promise, if you stay in that field, you will see that kid again, and he or and she will be making a decision if they're gonna hire you or not. Like, I mean, you see it in comedy all day long. These people are just like, this guy ran a show. Now this person books The Tonight Show. Or the guy that used to book Montreal uh, Comedy Festival now books all the specials at Netflix. So if you were ever mean to him at like Montreal, I mean, he's still gonna do his job, but it's not gonna help you that you were mean to him because you thought oh, just, he just runs some festival. Like, who cares? Who's he gonna be? He's very much somebody right now. And because they're doing the same thing, they're chasing somewhat a dream yeah. as well. So you're going to intertwine with these people for the, your entire career. And just as long as you know that, you know, and just try to be nice 
to everybody. And you can make your, if someone's mean to you, remember that too. If you want to bring it, <laughs> bring the wrath down on them, then, then so be it. Do that. But I can tell you that you never will want to because you don't care. You will always move up and you don't care. You, you end up, I remember saying that once to someone. Uh, and I was like, do you remember like clubs that wouldn't book you? Like, do you like not play them now? You know, and he's like, I don't know. He's like, it's just a waste of time to like, care who cares? About, yeah. Like, why would you care? And then, you, then, and then when you ask that question, you really don't care either at that point. And you're like, yeah, I don't care, man. This is not, you know. When you first start, I remember when you first start too, it's like, oh, but you're making no money. You're making, we'd get paid in beer or food or you're making $20. And I remember people arguing over $20. And I just was like, it, it, it can't, like this can't be where your stance needs to be made. If I have to rely on this $20, then I, I've not made it. Like if this, if you ever had it questioned? If I had to be like, man, you so said, a- like after this, I'm like, dude, you told me you were giving me 40 bucks if I do this interview, <laughs> and I didn't get my $40. Like, if I ever, like, am fighting over that, then it's, then I'm never going to, you're never at a level. You're never yeah. going to make it. You're never, at the beginning, you're going to get screwed the whole time. So many people will take advantage of you. So many people will do all this stuff. It's like, who cares, man? Just, if you're getting to do what your thing is, that's the then game. that's then you get to take advantage of that situation. Whether you think you should be making more money than they, than they are giving you, it's not about that. If as long as you got to do the thing that you're whatever you're trying to do, as long as you got to do that, that's the main thing, because it will all work. It all works itself out, and you will never you never think about that ever again. Yeah, I, I have a thing like if you have to ask if you've done something, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's pretty simple. If it's yeah. not, if every, if you're not, everyone around you is not telling you, your Netflix show was amazing. Yeah, and if you're wondering and you're not getting any feedback, and you, you sometimes you know and you believe in yourself, you did a great job, and you, so you know that you're going to get polar feedback. Some people are going to say they love it and hate it. That's actually yeah. desirable, right? Because yeah. everybody's like, yeah, it was, it was really, it was like, yeah, that was, was good. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. To me, if you're if you're a barometer, you believe that you're doing your best or good, and you're getting positive feedback. That's a good thing. Yeah. One of those two things isn't there. Mm-hmm. You're not there. Yeah. It's pretty pretty clear. It's that? obvious. Yeah. yeah. When no one's talking about it. Right. When you you can just feel it. Speaking if you're of worried. Yeah. Speaking of feeling it, I want to shift gears to your Netflix show. Mm-hmm. I can tell that you're proud of it. You talked about it a couple times and you, you just light up. You're like, I, I did it. That's a solid hour. How, do, like, how does it feel? And you talked also a little bit about trying to build up another hour. Mm-hmm. Do you, where do you feel like you're, you're taking off? Where's your, where's your psychology, emotional state? Like, what's it feel like to be killing it right now? Uh, you know, it's inter- like it is interesting. Dolphins and yachts. Yeah, it's going stuff. real good, dude. Uh, I took I took a submarine here. <laughs> it's not even whatever. It's so expensive to do that, but I just have that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's inter- I mean, it's very interesting, man. Like we were talking about like doing like last night, uh, doing an encore, and this weekend was the first time I've ever done an encore, and. You know, you feel like you just don't even know if you should be doing it. If you're not doing it, you're like, who am I to think I should be doing it? You have to, you know, when people come out to see you now, that's a whole different 
feeling. Like even like waving when you walk out, waving a little bit more. You know, I'm so used to like you walk out, you just grab the mic and you immediately got to do what you do. And then when you say goodnight, you immediately get off stage. But now it's like people want to see you and you got to come out and really like, you know. I was pissed you didn't look at me and like wave. Just wave a little yeah. bit longer. Like You're like, you, oh, that was you, quick. Fourth oh. row. <laughs> uh, but there's just a, a bunch of different kind of things that you have to do when you, uh, when people start coming to actually see you. You also have to be aware that they know you and they're going to laugh at you uh, easier than someone that doesn't know you yeah. would laugh. And so then that's the part where you got to always remember that and always think about that to be like, I still need to be making these jokes as good as they can be. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a wild ride right now. I, I definitely try to stay in the moment, try to be very aware of it, enjoy it. Like, you know, I try to f still figure it out. You try to look, you know, I listen to like a lot of comedy on Sirius XM and I'll listen to some, some comics, some I know, uh, most I know, and then sometimes maybe some that I don't know. And then you just try to like see like, what are they doing? How's their, what, is the, what kind of joke are they, how are they telling it? Um, you know, you know, you try to just like figure out, I think you're always trying to figure out why, why do people come out? Like, why do they want to see you? What are you doing that's making them like, be like, yeah, I want to do this. You can be up there and you're thinking like, this is, you just always feel like someone's going to see through you. And they're going to be like, wait a second, this guy is terrible. And you, you, I mean, you always feel that. You just always feel that at any point the audience is going to get up and walk out. Imposter and be like, syndrome. this is awful. This guy's not good at all. And you're scared of any, like you're very scared of that. Even though you've had just this crusher of a Netflix special, that's still yeah. part of your psychology. Oh, it's so... I mean, it's, I mean, that's like asking, like, everybody liked it. Everybody's, everybody's fine, right? Like, uh, yeah, it's so much. I mean, it's so much of, so nervous. And, and I, I mean, you know, what it seems is everybody always feels that. And I think it's good to feel that. I think if you don't feel that, then you're, you're something's not right. You, you don't love it as much. And, you know, you learn to, you learn that you got to love what you do. And you learn, I've learned that, you know, if I get asked to do something, I can, I've learned, I can tell if I want to do it or not by if I'm interested in it. I used to just say yes to like anything and everything, which you should at the beginning, say yes to everything. You're like, I don't know what it's going to be. So I will try that. I'll do a show there. I'll do a show wherever. And then, but now if I get asked to do something, I can always be like, do I even really care? Do I want to do this? And if I don't want to do it, I know that I won't put everything into it. Yeah. And then, so then you can be like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. That goes back to having a choice and, and keeping the stakes high. And yeah. Like, yeah. At the beginning, you have no choice. Yeah. You eventually will have choices. And that's the best thing in the world is when you, you know, no is the most powerful thing you can say. But at the beginning, you can't say no. At the beginning, you can't sit and hold on to something and try to fight. Like, don't get too, like, you know, I'm an artist and this is what I stand. Don't get a, don't get too far ahead of yourself. You're, you know, at the beginning, whatever you do, I promise you are nobody and nobody cares. And you don't deserve a right to get to do this. And so you, you, you can't, uh, you have to realize that and you have to say yes to everything and you have to be around and have to just be constantly doing it. A side thing, I mean, I made me, I thought of it. Like, you know, now like building a new hour. 
something that I try to do too when I build uh, an hour is like, like social media, like you have to get off of it because you, you can't, like it depends on what you want to create, but what you read and think is what you will create. If you read social media and it's so negative and political, like you will end up like, that's what you put out is like that kind of stuff. And if you get off that stuff and just walk around the world, you can do your, your thoughts are much broader. Like, I don't want to be political at all. I don't want to, I don't like, I don't like like offending people. Like I try not to, you know, I, I mean, I don't do anything. I don't think that really offends you, but I, I, that's just not in me to like, some comics like to push a, yeah. cross the line and that's great. And there's, go watch that comedy. I, it's, it's wonderful. I don't, it's, it doesn't make, it's not fun for me. I just want it to be a fun show. I always try to think, I want like fun, silly jokes, stuff that's gonna make you really laugh, stuff that's very relatable. And to come up with that stuff, you have to, a lot of times, get off social media, get off anything that's gonna be like a, making negative thoughts and aggressive thoughts. Cause then that will show through your work. Whatever your work is, whether it's pictures or where it's like, whatever it is, you know, you see, like speaking of like, uh, like, you know, like Jim Carrey, like paints all those pictures of like yeah. Trump and all this stuff. It's very aggressive, like, and whatever. I, I, I'm not saying nothing about sure. his political thing, but that's a guy that's clearly looking too much into this thing. He's, so he's, he's this artist that's painting and it's all this one thing. And if he got out, like if he just maybe, and I, there's a reason he's doing it. So do it if you want to do it. But with that, if say he doesn't get on social media and he doesn't let that world and just backs away, then he could be doing pictures about, you know, Anything. the sun and like actually life and actually the people and make it, your pictures be nice and yeah. show good light. You know, it's like you can see when someone's too much in it, yeah. it gets too like aggressive, like and your world will, it comes, that's all you think about. And so the, your brain is where all your ideas are coming. And if all this is just like anger, then what's going to come out of you is anger. And then that's what you will end up, you can end up becoming that. So like, you know, and if you want to do that, then do that and dive all in and be that. If you don't want to do that, then you have to like, you have to like get that stuff yeah, you're, away. You're in charge of what, like you selectively put yourself yeah. in the places that you want to be. So two things that came to my mind when you were saying that. One, your act is 100% clean. Yeah. Clearly. A choice? Yeah. If it wasn't, like, like you, I had no choice. <laughs> How did you, like, uh, was that, it was, is that to be, is that in service of the, 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 that little thing that you just shared with us? Like, I want it to be fun and I want people to come there. And if, yeah. if I, you know, talk like a truck driver, then I'm cutting out you know, 25% of the people that yeah. can enjoy my work. Or how do you think about it? You're, you and, and, the, the ability to be clean, you also mentioned Ellen earlier, like her lot, the, the yeah. last what special she did and whatever it was, 2003 and 2017, mm -hmm. total genius. And it's yeah. boggling. There's not a single swear word in it. Your act is the same. To me, that, it's almost like that's next level because there's not this crutch that you're leaning on. A is an intentional, B, why? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I did it like, you know, I just, my parents would kill me if I was like filthy and I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't be dirty and I, I didn't want them, they would never, like, I, I couldn't have them come to the shows and just being, if I'm just talking about sex or and being dirty all the time. So I just started that way and 
that's another thing about like starting is when you start, however you start, a lot of times is how you will always think. And so I started clean. So now at this point, I don't, I don't, I don't have no sex jokes. And my brain just doesn't think like that. I'm not saying I won't ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I just, my, I don't, those thoughts don't, for material wise, do not pop into my head. And it's so, starting that way has trained, is like trained me to like be that. Mm-hmm. So you can, however you start, like, yeah, that's, I mean, you kind of pick a path mm-hmm. and then just stick with that path and commit to that path and then just go that route. And then you become, you know, there's plenty of dirty comics. I mean, that's the thing too, there's a lot, there's a lot of them. There's a lot more dirty than clean. So now it kind of works out that it's like, yeah, it's like you're now standing out a little bit because you're different. Yeah, and me saying it all fits into like when I don't curse and I have to say something's real bad, <laughs> which is not the way someone says it, but because I say that, my rhythm's different, and that's yeah. why the audience thinks I sound different and it stands out more because I had to come up with a way to not curse, so I would have to say it this other way, and that all it all played into you know. And there's plenty, like, you know, yeah. if you don't, if you want dirty comic, there's, I'll walk you to <laughs> the dirtiest of the dirtiest that are the funniest people I know. But, you know, I like when people, I think it's very nice when someone's like, I watch you with my teenager. Yeah. And, you know, I have a six-year-old, and so I don't know what it's like having a teenager, but, you know, six-year-old, she's still a little, my little girl, and, like, will do everything with me. But I, what I hear is, like, when you're teenagers, it's hard to do stuff with your family, yeah. with your parents. And people want that. People want, it's hard to go to movies now. You know, you can sit there, if there's a sex scene, you're next to your mom, it's like weird, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, so you want to do stuff with your family. There's nothing, if you have a good family, there's nothing better than like going and watching your family yeah. laugh. And, yeah. uh, so I really now, and like, I love it. And I uh, just appreciate it so much just when someone like brings their, if they're like my 12 year old, me and him watched it. and. Me and her, you know, some guy mess emailed me once. He's like, me and uh, he has like three teenage girls, and he's like, we do nothing together. They want, you know, not that they hate their dead, but what could they do they're, together? Yeah, they're teenagers. Girls, right. He's like, but you, we watch, we watched you together, and we all love you. Like you're, he's like, you're clean enough for me, and you're cool enough for them, that it's like it works out. And so like that stuff is is very very neat. I also. You, we can't help but notice that there are a lot more male uh, comics than female comics. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned a few of your favorites. You mentioned Ellen and Amy Poehler, and um, in, a, in a genre that's uh, increasingly expanding to be more diverse. Yeah. Um, you know, just what's a comment or a thought on that? And, and do you feel that movement? Does it feel like a positive direction to you? And is there anybody that we're, like, who's coming up? Michelle uh, uh, Wolf, she's very known, uh, very funny. Um, she, she had a special? Yeah, yeah, she's an HBO special. Yeah, and that's yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. she's the White House correspondent, it was the first thing that she yeah. did. And then it had a Netflix show. Very funny, very, uh, you know, I, like, I don't know if I know any, con- like, come, I mean, I've, now it's like hard to say some, like some comics with kind of female comics, but like, yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot more doing it, and you know the same thing applies for them as anything. It's uh, you're. I think female comics. I always thought female comics have really hard. Like if they go on the road 
it's hard for them to go on the road. It's hard for them to go by themselves because you go to a lot of really shady places yeah. and do a lot of dumb bars and a lot of stuff like that. And I remember uh, someone, a girl was telling me that like when she goes on the road, you know, it's like they have to deal with way more than a guy for would sure. have to deal with. It's yeah, unreal, unbelievable amount different. But that's what it is. So it's like yeah. if you wrap your head around, that's what it is. That's what it's going to be. If you're great, if you're great at what you do and you're very funny, I, no, one, no one is very funny and never really has a chance to make it. If you're in whatever you do, and I imagine it has to be with everything. If you're really great at what you do, you will have a chance. And the ones that you see that are great and don't make it, there's usually a problem. There's usually something that you could pinpoint to like, that person's a nightmare, they did this. There's the reason. You can yeah. get to the bottom of why they're not making it. Yeah. But no one's ever just like the most talented person on earth and they're just homeless yeah. and like living like, you know, there's, there's, there's usually reasons that if you're super talented, you can do it. So if you get above your act, you know, and with, uh, female comedians, you know, I, I think for them, it's, it'd be, I'd probably be better to go even like, I would say go to New York or LA or like, just get in a scene like that. Like I, you don't, I don't think you want to go on the road, which I mean, a lot of male comics wouldn't want to go start on the road. Yeah. I think it'd be much Starting harder. Your home, home turf. Yeah, your, your home turf and you're getting to do what you do yeah. reg a lot. Like in, at least you get to go home, at least you get to like, you know, you're not just on in the, the middle of nowhere at a Motel 6 and, yeah. You know, you don't want to be scared, you know, and I mean, I think they could, Oh, for sure, you know, that's a huge barrier, and it's, it's like that's an unbelievable double, barrier, double yeah. standard. All right, we talked a lot about community, we talked about, like, your personal work style, um, curveballs, your success, which is, was really fun. I'm going to ask you just, I thought the show slayed last night. No, it's good. Did you feel like that? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I did. The first show, I, the first show was, I liked a lot. I was at the first and then show. Uh, uh, the second show I felt, but the second show sometimes it can be just it's 9:30. It's still both. All this is great. So this is all <laughs> like you know. There's no like. But this is the real time. Like I want to. Like, you're saying like be real. Like that's why I'm asking you the question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, I everybody wanna, around me was just dying. I'm thinking that someone here. This is the second show, and they're like, well, I was at the second. Yeah, show. I was the second show. I thought I had a lot of fun. <laughs> and you know, you're comparing like. You know, it's as the tour is called "Good Problem to Have." These are good problems to have. Is that what the name of the tour? Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's so you, that's the thing. I was like, "Good problem to have" is because uh, I hate when someone says that to you, <laughs> and like, it must be nice. Like that, it's very like digging like <laughs> things that they, someone. I was telling someone about doing a late night show, and I was like, I got to work on this one. This one thing's not working for this late night thing. It's like driving me crazy or something. And they're like, eh, it's a good problem to have, man. It must be nice. Like, you know, it's like they just downplay whatever you're complaining about. And you're like, all right, dude. Like, I'm sorry you're not where I'm at. You know, it's hard to like sometimes <laughs> talk to when you want to complain about your success. You got to be around people that are successful and that are happy so you can complain. Because yeah. you get to a point where you're complaining about something and that person's like, I would... Kill someone that. in my family just to get one <laughs> late night appearance. And, you know, but that stuff can bring you down. Like, you don't want to be like, uh, I mean, you want to be, you're like, you learn to like, all right, I'm, yeah, I know, it is, sorry. But then you're like, you just got to learn. That's when you learn who to talk to and learn who to, you have people kind of come up with you. You can't be, you know, jealous of, I, I don't know. 
Do you, do you assess yourself every night and make adjustments? Or is it just like, can you have an off night? Is it like golf? Yeah, like, yeah, I got yeah, it's as bad. Uh, yeah, I always think it's a lot like golf. You have to commit, uh, which is like everything. If you want to do something, commitment. Commitment, obsession, commitment is whatever you're doing. If you don't do those things, you, will, you, you have zero chance of making it. In golf, it's like that. When you commit, you learn that every shot, you got to picture the shot that you want. You want your ball to go up, start right, come back left. If I think about that, I have a good shot of doing that. If I don't think about that, I don't have a chance that that ball is going to do that. And that's how, I, when you tell a joke, if I, do, if I tell a joke and I'm kind of belling on the end of it, then it won't work because I'm not confident in the joke. I, you can deliver a bad joke with confidence and it can get a very good laugh because you're so confident. There's, there's people that, and there's people in any field that you will see that you will think is terrible at what they do, but they have something else that's so good that makes their bad thing be bad. So you, then you realize, like, there's times I could see someone that I don't think is funny, but I get that they're great on stage. And Physical comedy. I get, I get yeah. why they're big. Yeah. You have to be able to get why someone's big. you got to get it. You can't be delusional. Why are, you, just, why are you big? Why am I big? I don't know. The big people argue with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's hard. I try to think. I think being relatable is, I think it's being very relatable it's, uh, is a big part of it. And... You know, I do a lot of self-deprecating, which is you got, you got to learn how to do that. It's a very hard thing to do because if you, at the beginning, you can, people can feel sorry for you. They can, and it, it really can be, it doesn't work. Like yeah. they're, they're like, all right, dude. We're just like, yeah. come on, bud. I used to do it with wife stuff. Like when you do wife material, and at the beginning, they would, people could be like, well, why are you married? Do you hate her? And you're like, well, if you think that, then I'm not doing this right. Because you shouldn't think that. And so then you have to learn how to like tell it where you're like, no, it's just being relatable, dude. It's about yeah. just like the same problems that you have. And that's how I'll, I tell everything. I always tell it through me. And I want you to either laugh at me or you laugh because you're doing what I do. Or you're married to what I am. Or your wife is like my wife. And like that's, like I want it to be that. I never want to point, I, I never want to like, you know, be like, you're the idiot. I'll be the idiot. And then you can get on board however you want to get on board. And then that's, you know, that's why I'm, that's why I'm big. I don't know what camera to look at. Like, that's, uh, that one's not even looking at me. That's me. I know. I just, I, 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 and that's why you just see my hand. Like, there's like, there's no, just have no idea. But like, dude, I'm just good that's at show why. business. All right. Thank that's you guys for coming. I'm talking to a clock at some point. Like, he doesn't get a lot of stuff. Speaking of relatable, I want to say thank you so much for sharing what's hard, what's good, uh, where you're going, where you've been. I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, I love. I could talk about it all. I love it. I love talking about. Uh, that is a good characteristic for someone who understands how hard you have to work. I think that's a. It's been a really consistent theme of the show. It's been. It's been on for ten years now. Yeah. And nobody sits in that chair and says, "You know what? This is so easy." So well, I really didn't have to work that hard. Those, those things have never been said. And the, yeah, and always like, and what, uh, whatever someone these, whatever field that these people try to make it in, the if the the person that's doing it, they always want to talk about it. That's it. Two, a good one is uh, talk to them about their thing. If you're if you're uh, like this photographer, sure, and you're starting in photography compliment their, the person that you want and just talk about where they're at. Don't talk about you. You're new. 
No one cares what you're doing. You have nothing to bring into the table at the moment. Talk about that person. You know, like that's not a lost art that people have. I would have people just email and be like, how do you get on TV? And you're like, you're not even telling me like, hey, you're good. I think you're very funny. I want to do something like you. They just like straight up just like, what are you doing? Can you give me the guy that books tonight's show? Tell him, here's my tape, watch it. Like there's no like buttering me up a little bit. Butter someone up. Go tell them like. Show up. Yeah, be in show their social up. feeds, be in there. Be like, oh man, you do this. Learn from them. Yeah. No one's gonna learn at the beginning, and then eventually someone will learn from you. But you gotta learn from them. So go and you know, like tell someone they're great, and like, and I, and everybody wants to talk about what they do. Everybody, especially in stuff like that's kind of out of the norm, they definitely want to talk about it. So they will sit and talk with you all day long. So just keep asking them questions. Be very curious, and that's how you will learn. Everything that you know, you got to talk to someone that's in the moment at that time. And they could not be big. Like, it's not going to someone famous that knows that, that always is getting told they're good. Go to someone that's like, you know, just right above you and like, just say, like, man, I like, find a person that you like and just be like, I love what you do. And uh, I think you do. How do you do it? Like, how did you get to this point? Like, just like, you know, interviewing like this. This is just do this. The show started out incredibly selfishly. Like, I wanted to pick the brains of my friends and friends of my friends who were doing shit that I thought was incredible. Yeah. And to 10 years later, it's the same thing. It's It's still this. Yeah. And I've learned a lot. Yeah, you You learn a lot. You learn a lot from it. Just ask. And there's so much, like, whether it's in comedy or photography or design or building a business or any of whatever, like, the themes for greatness and the themes for, like, pursuing your passion and being a good human and pretty simple, pretty consistent. Consistent, simple, and, like, uh, you know, it's obsessed. I think about that a lot. I always think if you can become great at something, at something that's normal, you, you, you know what it takes to become great at anything. Or like, yeah, you, it's, it's all the same stuff. Yeah. If you want to be a basketball player, it's working out every day. It's, doing, it's, it's, it's being obsessed with it, being in that world. Photographer or painter, speaker, whatever it is. It's, I know what it takes to become what, I might not have the talent to do that thing, but I know uh, what, what you, you have to what do, what you have to do. Yeah. yeah, you know exactly that like their whole life has been revolved around whatever craft that they're doing. And that's what you gotta do. Thanks for being on the show, buddy. Hey, absolutely, you gonna buddy. chug that, you gonna chug that? This milk with ice in it? I don't wanna <laughs> drink this. It gets real watery. <laughs> this is a nice thin layer of water. Oh, it gets real gross Thanks quick. again for being on the show. Appreciate you, you folks at home. Thanks a lot for paying attention. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community, all of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away all of that has a collective massive positive impact on the world so just a quick thank you i appreciate all the effort you put into sharing for this show
All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together. <laughs>